get into the word. Let's go over to Matthew. All right. And we've been talking about the gates of hell. Today we're going to talk about keys to the gates. We're going to get into the, the various gates coming up soon. I think the first one we're going to deal with is gambling. I don't think a lot of people have heard a lot of messages on that. You just discern whether or not that's God's will for you. But we're going to talk about it. It is one of the gates of hell. But today we're going to talk about the keys to the gates. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. And again, I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, everybody repeat this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. It's his church. And since it's his church, he defends his church. He protects his church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. If you're excited about that, you should say amen. <laughs> and then he says, I will give you, give unto thee the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever you bind on earth or lock on earth shall be bound or locked in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth or unlock shall be unlocked in heaven. So we're going to talk about the keys to the gates in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. When I was growing up in the old Baptist church, they had a song that said, um, prayer is the key and faith unlocks the door. So in this text, the, Jesus is talking to, can I switch? Jesus is talking to his disciples and he explains that he is inaugurating a new system in the world. A system that nobody had known before this time. Before they worshiped in synagogues and the temple. They taught in the synagogues. Give me a little more, guys. And so, he is beginning a new covenant in the earth. A new testament. That's why we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. He begins something new in the earth called the church. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then he evokes hell. He said, my church is going to have an enemy. The same enemy that I have had while I was on earth. The church will inherit that same enemy, which is the gates of hell, the host of hell. But he said the gates of hell would not prevail. The same way that I beat my enemy, you're going to beat him. The same authority that I had while I was on earth, I'm going to make sure that you have that same authority. Somebody say amen. It's like and yet occupying their home. Going to drive their car. 
and the closing. They leave you the mailbox key so that you can operate while they are gone. You have the same authority that they had uh, when they were there. And so that's what Jesus did. He set the church up. I, I often marvel at the fundamentalists, the people who do not believe that the church has the same power that Jesus had when he walked on earth. I marvel at Christians that believe that Jesus would lead his bride, the church, without the ability to do the same thing that he had to do when he was on earth. At some point, he had to go from point A to point B. And demoniacs met him in the middle of the road. He took authority over the demons and cast them out. From going from one place to the other to minister. Sometimes there were people that were sick or were blind. He laid hands on them. As he was as he traveled along the way, right? The people that he encountered. But my question to the fundamentalists and people who don't believe that the church has that power was why would Jesus leave his bride without the same power that he had while he was on earth? Why would he bring us into a church only to have no power? Why would he bring us into a situation where we would have to surrender to his enemy? No, I believe Jesus loves us. We, we learned it in vacation Bible school and Sunday school. We sung the song. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. And I don't know about you, but I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good husband. And if I had to leave for any length of time, and the one time we did when we were moving here, I had to leave Charlotte. I left my wife the card. Amen. Debit cards and bank accounts. I left her with, she already had keys and, and all that stuff. I left her with, with, so she could carry on in my absence. Somebody say amen. So Jesus did the same thing. Y'all, it's good news. He didn't leave us here without a rifle. Come on, somebody. I mean, you watch the old cowboy movies, you watch Little House on the Prairie, sometimes the men had to go on the journey, and the wives knew how to shoot. Somebody say amen. They knew where the gun was. They knew how to use the bullets. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all know that we are the body of Christ? How many of y'all know that we're the bride of Christ? How many of y'all know that Jesus loves his bride, and he's not going to leave us powerless against the wiles of the devil? He's given us the same power and authority that he had when he walked on earth. If you believe that, you ought to give God a shout. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us powerless. Because if he left us without power, then that means he wants us to be afraid. But the Bible says he's not giving us a spirit of fear. But of what? Power and of love and of soundness of mind. What does keys mean? Keys mean I got power. You find somebody in the building dangling a bunch of keys, you know what that means? They got some power. They got authority to open some buildings. Come on, somebody. 
turn some lock, lock some people out, let some people in. Somebody say amen. Power is authority and permission to make a decision. So if we are still going to storm the gates of hell, we can't storm the gates of hell without no power. Because hell got power. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, let's go over to Acts 10.38. Are y'all still with me? It's going to get good in a minute, y'all. It's been good already. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. We're going to get in the Word. And I got to show you. Because we done been in churches that told us we had no power. Oh, that was just for Jesus when he was on earth. But what about the apostles? Well, the apostles was with them. That's why they had the power. But when the apostles died, ain't no more power. We don't believe in healing, laying on the hand, raising the dead, casting out demons no more. We just got to just get it the best way we can and buy as many Tony Evans and Chuck Swindoll books and John McArthur books as we can and just try to make it to see how we can do it. Somebody say no. Somebody say a thousand times no. No, we got power. Look at Acts 10.38. Boy, this is a good message. Lord, have mercy. How God anointed Jesus. See, it was the anointing. It wasn't Jesus in himself. Because, listen, before Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost, he did no miracles. Stop picking up them books in H-E-B and Walmart that talk about the miracles Jesus did as a child. He did no miracles as a child. There's no record of any miracles he did as a child. And the reason we know he didn't do any miracles as a child, Jasmine, because when he went back to his hometown, they thought he was beside himself. No, you grew up with beside us, your nappy head boy. I used to wipe the snot off your nose. Now you're talking about you can do miracles? Now you're talking about you the Messiah? They didn't believe him. He did no miracles when he was a child because he wasn't anointed. Somebody say amen. But it say how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. We're what? The Holy Ghost and we're what? Can we be anointed with the Holy Ghost? Can we be anointed with power? Then that means we got the same power that Jesus had. Because it was the anointing. The anointing makes the difference, right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the gates of hell. By the devil. See, the devil brings sickness. The devil does it. The devil brings sickness. The devil does it. The devil brings sickness. The devil does it. I know you've heard for years, God put this on me to teach me a lesson. God don't use sickness to teach you a lesson. If God used sickness to teach you a lesson, that's like me electrocuting my children to teach them a lesson. Hello? I chopped off her finger to teach her a lesson. No. Now, God does not use sickness to teach nobody a lesson because the Bible says Jesus went about, he was anointed of God. So if, if God anointed Jesus to heal the sick, then he's working against himself if he put the sickness on the beat. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. So, so healing is called doing good. Healing is doing good. Jesus did good. That's called healing. How many of y'all know we serve a good God? So if God is good, he's going to heal. Somebody say amen. 
He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. The devil. Then it's not for me. The gates of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So, listen. You are the church, right? And the gates of hell. I'm building my church. Gates of hell not going to prevail against you. But why? Why, Jesus, will the gates of hell not prevail? Because I'm going to give you some power. I'm going to give you some peace. So today we're talking about keys to the gate. You can't lay hands on somebody that's sick and get them healed unless you got some peace, unless you got some power. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't lay hands on somebody and break the power of darkness and poverty over them and then they start getting money unless you got some keys. Because one of the gates of hell is poverty. Did you know that? Go to the poorest parts of town and you'll find some of the most sinful parts of town. That's where the gates of hell is. Huh? All the molestation, the rape, and all the prostitution, strip clubs, the pawn shops. What's the pawn shops there for? So the thieves will have somewhere to bring their goods. You don't know that? in the woodlands the other day. Did, did you see a lot of pawn shops in the woodlands? No, I had the pawn shops in the woodlands. Down there in Lake Houston, really? Ain't no pawn shops down there. Hello? Therefore, break is alone. We ain't got nowhere to take the stuff right here. Go to the other side of town. Pawn shops and liquor stores. Come on, somebody. They're at the gate of hell called poverty. Hello? And weave shops, hair, hair stores, what do they call them? Beauty supply, beauty supplies. Beauty supplies, liquor stores, and Timmy Chins. <laughs> Roscoe Rib, Rib Shack. That's what, it, that's what that poverty. I saw something on Facebook the other day. It was, it, it almost made me mad, but it was true, mama. It's in every black neighborhood. Every black, black neighborhood. Gas station, owned by the Arab. Nail shops, owned by the Asian. Beauty supplies owned by the Chinese. Church owned by the black. The only business we got in our community, church, but not us, right? No, oh, we, we, because church going to have a lot of businesses, right? We, we got like five already. But I thought about it. That's so true. The gates of hell. But to go into the gates of hell and win, we got to have key. All right? So what, what is the specific key that we use all the time? What is the master key? Everybody say faith. Faith is the master key. Now look at... Uh, so right there is in the 16, 18. Now look right over to the next chapter, Matthew 7 and 20. 
were trying. See, he already gave them the keys. And then he gives them a test. He said, okay, go open that door. So a man brings his son that's a lunatic. And he tries to burn himself up. He tries to drown himself, the little boy. Uh, many scholars said he had epilepsy. He had epileptic fits. And they brought him to the disciples. They could not cure him. So they asked him, why not? Look at verse 20 of Matthew 17. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, he's going to explain the key. If you have faith, everybody say faith is the key. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, not a bunch of faith, no, somebody, I need more faith. He said, just have a little bit of faith, but no unbelief. Somebody say amen. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say. Here's another part of the key. If you believe something, you shall say something. If you believe something, say something. You remember they say, if you see something, say something? Yeah, that's another sense, like crime and stuff. But y'all, faith is seeing what's not there. When you really believe it and you see it, you say it. You ever been somebody, some of in construction stuff, you know, or reconstruction? You ever been somebody, uh, uh, you know, either building a house or it's a building, and they say, okay, over here, this is what's going to be my, my thing right here. Now we're going to have a thing, they're going to come in right there, and we're going to have a water fountain right there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. But they see it. And because they see it, they say it. That's faith. That's the key. That's the master key in the kingdom. It's faith. So y'all, we got to always have messages on faith and remind us how we use faith. Look what he says. He said, because you don't believe. He said, for verily, if you have faith, as a, just a little bit of belief, and then you shall say, you water your faith, see by what you say. You say unto this mountain, something specific, remove ye to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing, watch this, this is the last part, nothing shall be impossible. Now y'all, we have been taught impossibilities. We've been told with our, by the people, our mind, that think that's impossible. How are you going to do that? Don't nobody do that. You can't do that. No, no, no. The Bible says if you have faith, the grain of the smallest size seed, if you have it, but you keep saying, mama, what you see and tell it to remove to another place when it's still sitting there, it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible. Everybody say nothing is impossible. For me, do you believe that? Think about all the stuff you're struggling with right now. Stuff you're dealing with right now. Huh? You dealing with stuff? I got no money. I ain't got no hands. I ain't got nothing. No, 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 no. Nothing's impossible. Somebody say amen. Because Jesus gave us what? The key. He gave us the key. Now he's explaining the key. They came up on an impossibility, the disciples. This is impossible. We, we can't do it. He said, no. He said, yes, you can. Somebody say amen. Yes, you can. What did Barack Obama say? Yes, you can. And he did. <laughs> he did it too. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Yeah, you say it. 
Y'all, the worldly people, people of the world use this all the time. All of them. None of them have been successful without seeing something that wasn't there and believing what they saw and speaking it out. I'm talking from Tupac to Biggie to, to, to Fat Mike. I mean, all of them. Fat Joe. All the fat, fat boys. All of them. Will Smith. They all, they all got videos. Inspiring videos. Y'all, all they talking about is this principle. They discovered it. But I thought it was just for the church. It is. But not only, not exclusively. Let me show it to you again. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. What verse? Verse 23. Some of y'all know it. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. What is it saying? But whosoever, Will Smith, who don't even believe in our God, but whosoever, that's anybody. It's the same whosoever that says in uh, John 3, 16, but whosoever believe. Do you got to be saved to be a whosoever that believe? No. How you going to get saved unless you're a whosoever? So it's before you get saved. Whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say. Y'all, that's how we beat the gates of hell. That's how we beat impossibility. We build our faith. Somebody say amen. What does it say? For whosoever shall say. Same thing that he told them over in, 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 in Matthew chapter 17. Whosoever shall say. There it is again. What are you saying? Well, I believe it, but what are you saying? My arthritis is messing up. So do you believe that God healed your arthritis? Well, I pray that he does. I pray that he will, but my arthritis. What are you saying? What are you saying? Whosoever should say to arthritis. Have you ever talked to Arthur? Did you ever talk to your bones? Did you ever talk to your ligaments? Did you ever talk to your joints? Did you ever talk to your muscles? You're talking to God about the problem. He says, speak to the problem about your God. No, my God said that I can say to you, bones. This is where we miss it. For very truly I say to you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. But you got to say it without doubt. Bro, you coming back tonight? Um, yeah. You sure? Right? You, have you ever heard somebody tell you something? You're like, yeah. I'm. So, bro, you have, you're going to give me $100 back this Friday. Yeah, I should be able to do that. Bro, wait a minute. No. I didn't tell you I should be able to do it when I gave it to you. <laughs> I gave it, right? You asked for it Tuesday by 4, right? I showed up, left my job on this break at 12 and gave it to you on Tuesday. So am I going to get it back on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> How many of y'all trust in that? No, no. He said it, but he said it with doubt in his heart. Now when I asked Courtney something, yep. He, no doubt because he can make decisions and not walk most of the time when it don't have to do with one seven, we, we still working on it 
they work. But y'all, but I say unto you, whosoever says this mountain, be there removed, be there cast to the sea, and shall not doubt. You gotta say it without doubt. You gotta say it like you know and believe. It's already done. I'm not gonna handle miscarriage. I'm going full turn. Now, the first time she got pregnant, she wasn't talking like that. But now she's talking like that. And look at that belly, boy. It's sticking out there. In a few months, she's going to be giving birth. Because you got to say it without doubt. You going to get married or what? There you go. I asked somebody to get married. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be a unit. I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? You better say it without doubt. Everybody say without a doubt. Come on, Gina, in the 80s. No diggity. No doubt. That's what they said. That's what they said, Gina. Gina asked me last week, how do you be up there preaching unknown and can remember all them secular songs? They don't make no sense. That's what she said. I went on the second song rant last week. Dad, I ain't doing it no more. <laughs> but brother, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast to see, but shall not doubt. Yeah. Smith Wigglesworth was at a bus stop one time. He said, it was a lady come to the bus stop, and her little dog followed her from the house. And she said, she's trying to, you know, keep, couldn't bring the dog on the bus. He said, now go on, go on, get now, get. Dog still come around, you know. <laughs> she knew the bus would come say, go ahead now, get, get, get now, you know. Dog still, so the bus came around the corner and pulled up. She turned around and said, now get, and that dog. <laughs> See, one of the things, and Smith, we're going to say, he said, that's it. That's how you got to talk to the devil. Somebody say amen. amen. See, a lot of us, we trying to confess it and talk positive and don't say that because power life of devil is in the your tongue. What, how you doing? I'm, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'll be all right, you know. Things going on. No, man. No, man. You got to talk with confidence. Somebody say amen. You still getting your house? Oh, what happened? Well, that bank turned me down, so I guess uh, another bank gonna have an opportunity because we getting that house. Somebody say amen. Talking in confidence. That's a key, y'all. That's what unlocks the door. Whosoever should say unto this mountain, be our move, but I can't say, but don't doubt in your heart. But believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says, right? But then it gives us the same key in prayer. Go to the next verse, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, what things you desire. Now, y'all, this is even deeper. Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He know what to say. He didn't say what things God desired. He said what things you desire when you pray, so this is written in the Bible, right? So it's got to be the things that you desire that 
are not sinful, right? Because Jesus is saying it. That's a no-brainer, right? But whatever things you desire, when you pray, right? Is, is, is living in a nice house on the lake, is that, is that sinful? No. Is that something you desire? Some people don't desire to do that. I don't want to live out there. All that, no. I live in the city downtown in the brownstone, you know, with four stories. Yeah, I want that commute too long. But they don't desire that. They want to live downtown close to the stadium. Somebody say amen. But whatever things you desire. That's not simple. Hello? Is it simple to want a Ford Focus? Brand new? Is it simple to want a brand new BMW? Whatever you desire. I don't like BMWs. I like Focus. Whatever you desire. Then get your Focus. Hello? But if you want your Benz, come on, somebody. You can get your Benz. Amen. Be able to believe for that maintenance. Amen. That was the car I was talking about. That was $2,000. Yes. Go ahead and believe for that maintenance account. Somebody say amen. And he'll give it to you. What things you desire when you pray, what do you have to do? Believe that you receive them. When do you believe that you receive them? When you pray. Y'all, this is the key. So let me give you the key to the key. The key to that key of faith is you got to believe you receive it when you pray. Are y'all following me? The key that unlocks all doors is Mark 11, 24. Right? Therefore, whatever I say, whatever things you ask when you pray, you desire, believe that you receive them, you shall. This statement is one of the most important statements in the Bible. It is a statement that could be the solution to any and every challenge. I want you to get this. Any and every challenge you face, this key can unlock. Any and every challenge. Everybody say, any and every challenge. How many of y'all got some challenges? All right. Every challenge you face, this is a key that will unlock. God's resources and miracles for you. When you pray, believe that you receive the answer. Hello? Mm. This is the prayer of faith. This is the petition prayer. When you're asking God for something for you, everybody say for me. I cannot push my desire because it says whatsoever things who you desire. I can't push my desires off on you. Hello? That's why I've wasted a lot of my faith on people who didn't really want to get married. I wanted them to be married more than they did. And they were still kind of fought. Girl, no, you should get married. No, you no, you need to be you young. You, hello? No, I can't use my faith. Not this, not this petition prayer faith. Not this key. I can't use my key on your stuff. You got it? Can I show this to you? How many of y'all got iPhone? They got that finger fingerprint thing, right? You got fingerprint on yours? Huh? Anybody got fingerprint? Yeah. 
I can't use my fingerprint on your stuff. I can't unlock your stuff with my fingerprint. Somebody say amen. It's going to take your fingerprint. No matter how bad I wanted to open, right, you got to use your key on this one. Somebody say amen. So that's the first thing you got to learn about faith. So many people have dismissed faith because their faith didn't work. They were trying to work this key on somebody else's lock. Let me, let me go a little further. Now, Nana was in the hospital. Nana had three open heart surgeries. Nana, Nana tired. She's now at the hospital. She's taking care of three or four of her daughter's children. But being in the hospital was kind of a relief. She ain't have to run around. You know, now they get, you know, they get old, they get, they slow, they don't, you know what I mean? Bad kids running around. So everybody show up at the hospital. And it's funny how baby found somebody else to watch some kids while Nana was in the hospital. Which they could have been watching them the whole time. Which probably wouldn't have drove Nana to the hospital. But everybody showed up at the hospital praying for Nana. Right? And then a week later, Nana died. Well, we pray. I prayed. I prayed. Prayed that God would keep Nana here. God knew that Nana was my rock. And she died. Faith don't work. How old was Nana? She was 95. Now, here's the thing. Nana might have had a different desire. I've been in that situation with a lot of people. They, they wanted to go head on. They, 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 they wanted to go on. They, they didn't want to live. You wanted them to live. People have gotten mad at God. People have left church. People have stopped praying and believing God. Because they were trying to execute Mark eleven twenty four, which is a personal key for what you desire on against what somebody else desires. And you can't do that. Now there is another key called the prayer of agreement. Hello? Where you, you, you turn two key locks at the same time in the open, right? That's the prayer of agreement. But but whatsoever things you it doesn't say y'all desire. It said, whatever things you desire, this is personal. Can I tell you? With very few exceptions in my lifetime, there have been very few things that I've ever prayed for, personally for me, that I didn't. That's the honor of God. For me, that just for me. For me. Everything I ever got, I got it by faith. I'm talking about for me. For me, personal. Now, when they involve other people, you know, it's their faith, their will, all of that. But I'm saying, personally, for me, anything I've ever prayed for, generally speaking, there are a few exceptions as I think back. But, and, and it wasn't God, it was, I was, something, something went wrong with me. Somehow I wasn't, I wasn't doing right. But y'all, generally speaking, I've got, like right now, just to be honest, and I don't want you to hate me for saying this, like, there is really nothing 
of this material world that I want. I got everything I ever wanted. Like, I don't need another car. I don't need another kind of car. I don't, I, I got the wife. I'm satisfied my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I just, because I learned these principles early on for me, for me. Now, when it comes to other people, that's different, right? And I haven't learned perfectly how to use this key. But as I go on through life, I'm getting better and better. But y'all, whatsoever things you want, you want, yeah? Amen. Now, there's something called the prayer of agreement, right? And I told y'all from the beginning, I don't need no church, though, right, by myself? Do I need one by myself? No, I don't. So we're going to get an agreement. And when I'm giving 5,000, you're not over there giving 100. Because that's not agreement. <laughs> but we get some agreement, we can go into our church. Somebody say amen. But I'm talking about personal for me. Yeah. Therefore, I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now, Smith Wigglesworth said this. If you pray seven times for any one thing, you pray six times in unbelief. I want that to sink in. Because if you do this scripture, therefore I send you whatsoever things you desire when you pray, when you pray, if you believe you receive them, did you believe you got it when you prayed? Or did you not? Because that's the key. Did you believe you received it when you prayed? Okay, so how are you going to ask for it again? Hello? Done this example a lot of times. Here we go. Hey, bro, can you hear my Bible? Can you hear me my Bible? Bro, hear me my Bible. Now, what can God do, again, if he's God? If I already believe I received it, what else can he do? So either I didn't receive it, or I received it and I'm crazy. Because right now, I can just go ahead and use my Bible, because I got it. Hello? So since I already got it, I can go ahead and use my brain space for something else. I can walk in confidence because I got it. Somebody say amen. Can I make it a little plainer? All right, now, let's say what I'm about. Bro, I'm in the jam. I need $1,000. I haven't been up all night. I need $1,000. Can you help me? He say, yeah. He pull out his checkbook, right? He writes out a check for $1,000. Right? I catch Jasmine back in the bathroom. I said, Jasmine, this messed up. I need a thousand dollars. Now, either I'm a scammer, just trying to get money out of people, right? I'm getting me a thousand dollars as I can, or I got a thousand dollars, right? So when Lundy sent me, she's like, What's wrong, Pastor? There shouldn't be nothing wrong, right? 
Hello? Because I got it, right? Hello? Now, if I got it, do I really have it? Because what did he write me? Check. You know what a check is? It's a promise. The banks call it a promissory note. It's just a prom- It's a note. The check ain't even worth nothing in itself. I can write, I can write y'all a million dollar check right now. Y'all be happy. Go to the bank. <laughs> check ain't worth nothing. Unless it's attached to a bank account, they got it in there. Somebody say amen. Now, I, my, my emotional state changes. All the worry stopped because Courtney wrote me a check. All he did was gave me a note with a promise on it. Y'all know what this is? It's a bunch of notes with some promises in it. Somebody say amen. So all you got to do when you go to God, come on, we talking about the keys for the gates of hell. When you go to God, you going through hell, don't you need some keys? You ever been through financial hell? Oh, I know I did. Come on, somebody. I needed some key, and the key was Mark 11, 23 through 24. Whatsoever things you desire, pray. Be seated. <laughs> July 1999, in Clinton Park, God made this real to me. I was driving a 1984 big yellow Lincoln Town car that I bought from Mel Bar Ford. I was paying notes on it. And I couldn't pay my car note. I was behind. God was teaching me these principles right here. I was learning. And I said, God, if this works, I'm going to know it because here's what I did. I said, I'm not going to ask nobody because I need $1,000. First of all, that went hard because I didn't know nobody with $1,000. Back in 99, people just didn't have $1,000 laying around. And uh, so I said, I'm not going to tell nobody I need the money. We were in the Belford apartment. Right there on Belford and I-45. Still there. And I said, God, I'm not leaving this room until I get the $1,000. So I got on my knees and I said, if this works, I'm going to preach to everybody. If this don't work, I ain't never preaching this ever to nobody. Because you got proof. I said, God, I'm not going to let nobody know what I need. Cause, so that means if you supply it, it came from you. If I get it, it came from you. So I got down on my knees and I did Mark 11, 24. Whatever things that Lord, I desire, according to Mark 11, 24. I desire $1,000. I need it so my car won't get repo. I need it. I need $1,000. Pay for everything. I need it. And I got up. And I believe that I received. I believe I received. In the name of Jesus. 
And Lord, you said I should have it. And when I got up from praying, that bird is still on my back. You ever had that monkey on your back? You can still feel it. Girl, you're so stupid. You need the money. What you doing? You better go ask your mom to Charlie them for the money. You better, you better go get that money. They're going to take your car. You don't have no car. How you going to get to work, man? You got to get some money. I didn't think So I got back down again. I said, Lord, I'm doing Mark 11, 24. I believe I received $1,000. No, I need this money. Wife, you know, got a child, whatever. Lord, can't lose a car. I need the money. I need $1,000. I got up, still on my back. Still on my back. You ever put that monkey on your back? What you gonna do? I just prayed. I got, no, you, you know you. So I got back down. Y'all, it took me about an hour and 30 minutes. Kept doing it. This is how to work faith, right? I did it again, and it got down on my knees. But then I heard the Spirit of God say, if you believed you received it, how would you act? I said, what you mean? If somebody knocked at the door and says, run along here, yeah, uh, here's $1,000. How would you act? I'd be like just crazy, like shouting and happy. He say, if you believe you receive it, why don't you do that? So I got down the last time. Next day, you know, you know, you ever been in another room, you hear like some commotion, like something fails, so like, what's going on there? So my wife heard that I was shouting and jumping, jumping around. Boy, what is wrong with you? We got thousands of dollars, we got it. She said, we got it, we got it, yeah. She said, where is it? I, I, don't, I don't have it in my hand, but we got it. She's like, you're talking about faith, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But I had it. Wasn't no monkey on my back. Wasn't no, wasn't no thoughts. Wasn't no doubt. Wasn't no doubt. No doubt. I remember it. I remember it. Because it was, it, was, it was during, it was Tyler Perry's first play. Lord, I've been changed. Lord, I know I've been changed. And he would ask preachers to come and do the altar call. And people would get saved, used to, at his play. And uh, this is way back before my dear, it was his first play. And, uh, and so I was working for Tyler Perry. The plays, we seen the plays in the meantime. Then you can bring your family for free and stuff. So Reverend Mercer came and got from Macedonia. He went to Tyler Perry play. Then we left there, went to another church, and there was somebody who needed some money. They, matter of fact, the man did an altar call. Uh, and he knew we was preachers and said, come on up, work the altar, Pastor Brown, the Reverend Long, whatever. And then the man that came to me, he needed money. The Lord said, give him $10. To, give him, that's all I have. I said, God, that's all I got is $10. He said, give him the $10. So I sold the $10 to the man. The next week, uh, we had the church picnic. Clinton Park. Yeah, I was in the Baptist church. This man walked up to me with an arm. He said, don't lose this. The Lord told me to get this to you. Never let money come between you and him again. Y'all, this is in 1999. You ever walked up on the street and gave somebody $1,000? I still today haven't done it. 
Now I'm giving people I know a thousand dollars. I've sown. But just somebody? I haven't done that yet. Maybe I should have. Like pay it back, right? Y'all, in 1999, I went home. It was $10,100. Y'all, I didn't tell nobody how much money I needed. I worked this, this kid. It's faith. But see, what we do, my sister, we pray for the 500. Then we get up. We see our sister. Hey, what's the matter, baby? You having some, you still having financial problems? How much you need? What can I say, Courtney? Somebody say, how much do I need? Really? I thought I believed I received it. So what do I need? I don't need nothing. I got it. Well, how they going to know to give it to you if you don't say it? That other dude didn't know. I didn't tell him I needed it. See, that's the devil trying to get you out of your confession. Your sister ain't going to give you $500, no way. She good for 50 you know that. She ain't going to give you no 500 So what you telling her for anyway? And I thought you believed you received it. See, you just countered what you prayed and believed you received it. But Pastor, I heard us pray for things over and over. You know what we're doing? We're thanking God. I'm thanking God for it because it's already done. Somebody say amen. I'm not asking for it no more, though, because I believed I received it when I asked the first time. How many of y'all have y'all came to church today? Did anybody learn something? Did you learn something? The keys to the gates of hell is faith. Everything we do we got to do it by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God showed us what faith is. And whatever you got to do, you got to stay in the room for an hour and a half. Yo, that was the best hour and a half I ever invested. Come on, somebody. I've been watching Netflix for an hour and a half. They ain't had Netflix in 99, but whatever. I could have been in there watching the Cosby shows or something like that we had on videotape, trying to get my mind off it. No, I was in there an hour and a half working the key. Somebody say amen. amen. And it works. Faith works when you meet the criteria. Somebody say amen. How many of you got some stuff you believe in? Come on. Tell me you 